Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. School is back in session in Jersey, and football is back in session. Tomorrow, the season begins in earnest Packers and Bears. That's why we have a rare in-studio appearance. A.V. and Michael Lombardi reunited again. You got a good tan going. You lost some weight. We're oh, ready to go, man. I, I hope I lost weight. I mean, <laughs> God forbid. I, you know, I got to do something. I mean, my poor. I got to see my grandkids. I got I got to see them grow old, and this fat ass has got to <laughs> no, stop it. You know, it's like, okay, put the fork down. I, You know, it, it's the damnedest thing, because, you know, Millie's really a good cook, and so, like, if, it's like when she goes away, that's when I can lose weight that's right. the best time because then i i i, I the, the key is the fork like you get all these weight loss diets i mean all due respect to marie osmond but the fucking fork is really the thing it isn't marie osmond it's the fork right <laughs> put the fork down <laughs> right like uh, you know st- uh, uh, we had a guy at the raiders who used to do the greatest al davis impersonation like literally he could do al <laughs> I, I need to get him on the show because i think people would appreciate it. he would do al his name was Jack Barheit. He would do Al mm-hmm. and Mrs. Davis talking on the phone to one another, and he would do both voices. Oh, my God. The great boy is coming home tonight. And then he would do, oh, okay, you're coming home. And it would do Mrs. Davis, who's the most wonderful woman of all time, right? And he would do it back and forth. But he would also do Dr. Phil. And it would be like, you know, Dr. Phil's advice was don't do it, right? <laughs> like, don't pick up the fork. Right. Like, don't pick up the fork. That's the biggest thing. You can't outrun a bad diet. You can't outrun a bad diet. Right. And I've, I'm 60 years living proof of that goddamn thing, right? But you I, take I, the dogs for a walk. You get your exercise I try, in. But yeah. I try, but I try. But that fork is the killer. Like, right. I, I, if I removed all the forks from the house, I think it'd be in better shape. Well, that's the biggest thing. People go, what's the hardest way to lose weight? I'm just always hungry. Like, I'm just Exactly. You have the salad one hour later, like, I'm starving. I'm starving. Like, I got this 300-pound <laughs> man living inside of me, and I can't keep him down. Like, I beat him up. Like, stop, you know? Right. But anyway, football, and when there's joy in the world, like, is there a better time of the year than September? I Take your September. kids to school. How good is that, it's right? It's awesome, right? It's always a bittersweet emotion, but you go, kids are back in school. We got a routine again. Oh. The weather's still nice. It's not as humid now. We oh. got football back in It's, it's, it's going to be nice all through the month of September. It's the yeah. greatest thing is this, this time of the year. I, 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 can't, I can't appreciate it. It's so great to be on the East Coast this time of the year. Yeah. We talked about getting fed. Well, somebody needed to get paid, and that was Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott. So as you had said, Mike, you're like, listen, Jerry Jones will figure out a way to get them all paid. He took care of Zeke for now. Uh, source telling ESPN's Ed Warder, $50 million guaranteed, six-year extension. This surpasses Todd Gurley. He had $45 million guaranteed as the most for an NFL running back. Now, Zeke's only 24 years of age. So you always think of that magic number of 30 for a running back, right? 24, right. six-year extension, take him till he's 30. He was set to make $3.8 million in 2019, $9 million on the fifth-year option in 2020. So his total compensation through 2026 is more than $100 million. Yeah. Now, with this deal, the option goes away, right? right? So that there'll be a new deal replaces the option. And Jerry got language in the contract to offset if Zeke goes off the reservation. So that protected him. So to me, like these guarantees, we make a big deal out of them because the NFL and historically has never been a guaranteed league. Mm-hmm. But these guarantees, like you're not going to cut Zeke. And if he gets hurt, you're going to have to have an insurance policy to protect you. But you can't cut him if he's hurt. Like, you know, Alex Smith has guarantees that are injury protected. That's why he's still going to get paid at the Redskins. So I think the guarantee gets overpaid, overplayed a little bit in the sense that mm-hmm. you're always – this guy's too young. You're not always going to play him. You're not going to cut him in the next five years. And look, let's face it. The last 23 games with Zeke on the field, when he has 22 or more carries – 
the Cowboys are 19 or four. Now you could say, well, Lombardi, you know, that's great. That's a, that's a fake number, 22. Ca- no, that number, that number is relevant to their defense, which we know is nine and zero in games when they play less than 30 minutes. So you add those two things together. When Zeke's carrying it 22 times or more, they're going to win. There's 19 and four. It isn't about Dak. Like it's about Zeke carrying it, running it, doing his thing, and it's their defense playing less. The other part of it, too, is, is there enough money now to get paid for everybody else? Can Dak now get paid? Can Amari Cooper get paid? Do these numbers Can the Clapper get paid? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I, I think Jerry, I don't think Jerry's going to take the stance that I would take on Dak, but I think he did the right thing. He had to get his, he had to get this running back paid. I think, look, the fact is the guy's really a, a, a unique player that he is a playmaker. He does more than just run the football. He controls the defense. I think we get so caught up in 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 the receivers and the spread, right? It's the back that makes the spread. If the box has to be loaded in the spread, then all of a sudden it helps the receivers. If the box doesn't have to be loaded in the spread, then all of a sudden the receivers have more trouble. So if you built this offense around him, and look, if you're Jason Garrett, now this week he's only going to play, so the fantasy people out there listening, mom told he's only gonna, he's on a 20-play pitch count. Knowing the clapper and knowing how things might go in Dallas, I would assume he might play 25 or 30. I would think it's going to stretch. I would see. I almost got duped on Twitter today. How so? Well, they, they had they had somebody that looked like was wearing Zeke's walking down the field, and he had this huge belly. And I'm like, wow, Zeke wasn't doing shit down at Cabo. <laughs> and it was an offensive lineman. I was like, oh, no. I was like, I, like, I got duped. It was almost like, oh, you idiot. You know, right. you can't figure this out. You should call yourself a scout. You know, but Zeke was working on his own time, though. Yeah. Right. But I mean, look, I, I think Jerry, will Jerry, Get, I think Jerry will get Cooper done if Cooper will take the right deal, and and I and I think ultimately just Dak, it's going to be interesting. I think Stephen is more inclined to let Dak keep going than Jerry. Right? Like, why not just draft somebody next year, let Dak play on the tender, and then see where we are? Because right now he's got Collins under contract, really good player. He's got he's got his running back under contract. He's got this defense under contract. That's a pretty good team. Now they got no depth. This is what happens to you. They have no depth because you once you pay all these guys, your depth has to go back back to the draft. But I do think the Cowboys draft well enough to have depth. I really do. I think they're not – everybody thinks that – I think they are an unsung hero in terms of building a team. Well, that was the point you made about Dak. You're listening to the guy in the fourth realm. We'll just get somebody else in the fourth realm. Yeah, why round. not? Yeah, like, look, we, one thing we've learned this summer is Jarrett Siddham's pretty good. Ryan Finley's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look, the Colts just paid Jacoby Brissett. They, and he's a third third rounder. So I, I think there's – plus the college game is teaching us there's a lot more quarterbacks out there than we might think. Yeah, there's always a couple at the top, you know, the Tua Tungavailoas and the Trevor Lawrences, but there's other guys that filter through as well. So Zeke, you understand him getting paid. This number is astonishing for yeah. Goff. $134 million in an NFL record. $110 million guaranteed. I was doing my baseball show last night, changed up on the zone, and we said, since when have these NFL contracts become like baseball contracts? Like $110 million guaranteed for Goff? I would give $110 million for Sean McVay. <laughs> exactly. The <laughs> I don't know if I'd give it, it to Goff. You yeah. know, I mean, look, here's what I would worry about with Goff. And I think, look, Goff is he's 10-1 and one in the division. So against everybody, last time he's lost was against Seattle. Uh, I think a second game, a second game under the Sean McVay administration. I think that was actually in Los Angeles. They lost that game, but the, he's really good in the division. So he's ten and one. He's twenty six and nine in games decided by four points or less, which I think is critical, mm-hmm. right? And, and so he's played really good. What would worry me is less than 40 degrees. What would worry me when I'd sign this contract is I know McVay's going to coach the shit out of him. And I know the offense is built around what this kid can do and what he can't do. What would worry me is if we've got to go back to Philadelphia Mm -hmm. in January and play in a conference championship game and it's less than 40 degrees. 
how he reacts. Because right. my last memory of him was four interceptions against the Chicago Bears with Vic Fangio, and the ball was cold, and he wanted nothing to do with the cold. Right. Like, that would worry me. Like, this has Jim Everett written all over it. This has, that's what worries me, is can he take the hits? Because we saw in the Super Bowl, he didn't really take them very well. You know, I, again, the $110 million for me, you're not gonna, they're not going to replace him. Right, yeah. so you might as well guarantee the money. I mean, that's like you're giving them something that you're really never going to replace. I, they're not going to get out of it. And I think Goff was smart enough to say, "Look, I need more guarantee because I don't want you bailing on me after two years when you get somebody else you fall in love with." You took me in a different direction with the Jim Everett mention. Remember when he was on with Jim Rome and Jim Rome called him Chris and they went crazy? Was that staged? Or do you think that was legitimate? I thought it was. Yeah, it, it looked staged a little it bit, didn't staged. it? You know, my greatest Jim Everett memory, and this yeah. is one of my greatest memories in sports. Is, he looked great in that uniform. Oh, man. man. So he, he was looked in the, the Ram- part. They're playing the Rams. He's at the Rams, and John Robinson, who's now the advisor down at LSU, wondering how much advising is going on. Right. So we just had the 87 strike. And mm-hmm. the first game back from the strike was a game between the Browns and the Rams in Cleveland Stadium on a Monday night game. Right. Great atmosphere, unbelievable. Browns, good team. Marty Schottenheimer, the coach. Kozar, the quarterback, right? And so Everett's playing, and we're dominating the game because it's the day before the trading deadline. And Eric is sitting on the bench. He's got his cape on, you know? And so for some reason, the ball's like at, at, at the Ram for, at our 45. Here comes Eric on the field. And they run like a, they run like an outside zone, and he bends it back. And the field was still in a baseball; it still had the dirt from the baseball. Oh, yeah, he bent it back, and he flew like he was shot out of a cannon. Scored a touchdown. They they closed the game from a ten point lead to a seven point lead. That was the last time we saw him. He never came back into the game. <laughs> somebody from the somebody from the Rams, John Shaw, probably called and said he's not allowed to play. We're trading him to Indianapolis tomorrow. Right, and that's the only reason we won the game. That's unbelievable. It's the only reason we won the game. But I, I, I don't mean to be critical when I call him. I mean, he, look, Goff's a talented player. I think he's a seven on seven. I think the game when it gets faster, he doesn't I, elevate. He doesn't he elevate. Can't keep up. Yeah. And you say, well, Lombardi's twenty six and nine in the fourth quarter. But I think there's a lot of teams that he does he plays against that aren't very good. Yeah. And he's ten and one in that division. Or what is he? Not, oh, he's ten and one. So we know the Cardinals haven't been very good. Niners. We know that we know the Niners haven't been very good. Niners won twenty five games in the last five years. So. Right. You know, when the level of comp this week in Carolina, heat, humidity, and their pass rush, I, I think it's a pretty good opportunity. Yeah, I'm with you on McVay being worth every penny they pay him. No, I, I don't think you can under. I think that's the biggest. To me, I think these coaches in the league who we're critical of, but I think when you get a great coach, it, it doesn't come out of the cap. But say I had 180 million dollars in a cap, right? I would say 15. I would say no. We're pl- we're playing with 165 million because that 15. I'm giving 15 million to the coach. Right. Like I'm paying the head coach. Now, as long as he's coaching the team, this is what drives me crazy about college coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say to college coaches, who's the highest paid coach on the staff? They say, well, the head coaches. Well, why don't you coach? Like, why are you standing there watching the game with me? Right. Like, coach the team. Right. You, you know? delegate to the assistants. You delegate to everybody. Like, right. they just made you the highest paid freaking coach in the game. So now you're going to stop coaching? Right. So as long as the guy will coach, should, I would take it out of the salary cap. He sh- the head coach's salary should be in the salary cap. I like that idea, especially when you get a great one like him. Melvin Gordon trade rumors. Man, remember talking about Melvin Gordon's really going to get paid or not? Reportedly talked to the one NFL team seeking a first-round pick. That's the Chargers. Two days since the Chargers tabled contract extensions with Melvin Gordon. According to multiple reports, they've already commenced trade talks. So it looks like it's not going to work out there. Where's he going to go now? Okay, so here you're sitting here in your office, you know, and Ryan Grigson's not going to trade a one now for you. So you don't have Ryan Grigson to deal with. He traded a one for Trent Richardson, which right. this kid's way better than Trent Richardson. But right. 
the reality here is you're sitting in your office and you're looking at the college draft board and you're going to say, I need a back today, but can I get a back next year that's equal to or similar to Gore? I'm going to give up a first round pick. Wouldn't I be better off just trying to manage my way through this than giving up a huge asset? Now, not only do you have to give up the, the one, the asset, which is a fairly economic asset, you got to then pay this guy at 13, four, whatever you got to pay him. Like to me, that's a double whammy. I don't know if I want to do that. Like, why would I do that? Wouldn't I be better off just trying to Carlos hide it, get a back to get through the season, find some back and say, okay, next year we'll get a back and we'll get him on a regular contract and we can fire it out. I think Melvin Gordon's come to the realization that there's no market for him. I mean, there's just no, no zest to have him be a part of it. Like he's a really good player. I want him on the team, Mm -hmm. but he's not Zeke stirs the drink. Melvin Gordon adds to the drink. Yeah, he's not essential when the Chargers have success. And speaking of a guy he would have thought would have been essential to success, Jadavion Clowney with yeah. Houston. Instead, Bill O'Brien trading their passers or a pair of outside linebackers and then a trade with the Dolphins, bringing in wide receiver Kenny Stills and left tackle Laramie Tunsil to Houston in exchange for a bevy of high-value draft picks. Two more moves. You mentioned running back Carlos Hyde, cornerback Keon Crossan, left the Texans to sort through a huge amount of roster turnover what do you think Bill O'Brien's thinking here? Because you had said before, listen, they're tired of clowning. They're tired of his yeah, clown yeah. act. I think, Does this actually make sense? Yeah, well, first of all, let's go back. I mean, I, I think the Andrew Luck retirement had to sp- sp- knock him over the head, right? right? I think Andrew Luck retiring early said, look, Watson, we led the league in sacks last year. We were horrible on third down overall. We were really horrible in the red zone, and we were really horrible on red zone third down. I mean, our offense, we won the division last year without with, the, with, with Davenport at left tackle and Lamb at right tackle, who's a backup in Cleveland today. They won it with a bad offensive line. If we get a really good line, maybe we'll play Titus Howard at left guard. We'll play Tunzel at left tackle. If we get a really good offensive line, maybe we'll keep this quarterback healthy. And what happened to Luck won't happen to us. Because I think, you know, sitting in your chair in your office as a GM and you see Luck walk away from the game, you know, you got to say, wait a minute, this is way too young. You're 29, soon to be 30. I know you took a beating, but the beating was at the at the cost of the GM. Like that's the responsibility. And I think the I think the Texans got frustrated, impatient. Uh, you know, some might say desperate. Some could say I'm sure they think it's courageous. Mm-hmm. But they were had to make a move, and and they did the Godfather. They made him an offer that they couldn't refuse. Right. I mean, that's the only way you're going to get Tunsil out of there. The, the whole notion that Tunsil was getting traded for Clowney was a complete internet sensation bullshit line. I mean, that was never going to happen. First of all. Clowney didn't have the value to the other teams that people in America think he has. Right. People think he's a dominant pass rusher, a guy who's explosive, he can change the tempo of the game. Right. People remember Clowney as the first pick overall in the draft. Right. Okay. People remember Clowney from South Carolina. Look, he's a really good player, but he has a degenerate knee. He's got bone on bone. Okay. He's got shoulder problems. He's got a bunch of issues going on with his body that if you're going to pay him $20 million a year, you got to get 60, 70 plays out of him. I think less of Clowney's more of Clowney. I think going to Seattle helps him in the sense that they'll rotate him through. Him and Ansu, they have two two guys that are not durable playing ends. They could really be effective. But I think this notion that Clowney had this unbelievable value is far, far far-reaching. Look, here's what the reality. They could have not tendered him back in January, February. They would have got a compensatory pick in 2021, Mm -hmm. okay? So now what they do, they get two players. They get Martin, who had three and a half sacks. Everybody on, on Twitter just dismisses this Jacob Martin kid as like some slappy. You know, like, what the hell is it? You know, they threw him in. Had three and a half sacks last year. He's one of their best special teams. But I bet, I bet Brian Schneider, the special teams coach in Seattle, was having a heart. He hated this trade 
because he loses two of his best special teams players. Now I know that's not important to fans until the kickoff until the kickoff comes back or the mm-hmm. punt comes back, right? So he loses two of his best special teams players. Plus Martin's got some nasty rush to him. He can Mingo. Look, we blew. It. I picked Mingo. We all picked Mingo in Cleveland. We blew it with Mingo because Mingo doesn't play with any power. Mm-hmm. Like Mingo needs to be the fifth rusher, not the fourth rusher. Mingo can't line up a defensive end and say, "Okay, here I come, fellas." He's got to be a part of a scheme that allows him to be successful. This is the this is the trend we talked about it in the draft. This is the trend in the NFL is figuring out who the fourth rusher, who the fifth rusher is. Mingo's a fifth rusher, not not the was a we not valued at where he got picked. There's mm-hmm. no denying that. But now they get a third round pick in 2020, plus two really good special teams players for a guy that they would have just been willing to let go. I don't know why people are giving them such a hard time. Yeah. Just because they don't have a general manager sitting in the office. Here's the reality: Bill O'Brien has it in his contract that he has control over everything. So even if they had a GM sitting in his office, the optics would have looked like that guy made the trade. It's like the optics in San Francisco. Well, John Lynch is making deals. No, no, no. John Lynch has – Kyle Shanahan has the authority in his contract. Like that's who's making every fucking move out there. It isn't, it isn't John Lynch. Like, it's great for the commerce <laughs> and he'll go out there. Right. That's, that's optics, right? That's not reality. The reality is, is Shanahan makes the deals. And so there's certain places that the coach has all the authority and the optics make it look different. This is one of them. So whether they had Gain in the office or whether they had, you know, Dominic in the office, my grandson, it was going to be the same deal. <laughs> you mentioned the Vito Corleone line earlier, make him out for camera views. My brother, a big fan of the Virgil Salazzo's, which you've called the Cleveland Browns. Right. I was going to say, quiet, this is the opposite of what you're describing. In that situation, there's no authority at all because it's Baker and the players, like the, the inmates running the asylum. No, they're, they're just. It's the exact opposite of Bill O'Brien. Right. It's ex- I mean, they do whatever they want to do now i will say this i think their d line's really good in cleveland i think this is going to be a war in tennessee going on there yeah. i think the fact that they cut greg robinson this is a little unknown thing their less starting left tackles greg robinson now he's a vested veteran so they waived him mm-hmm. okay which means he doesn't have to go through the waiver wire they he clears the way he and then they have to re-sign him to a contract but here's your problem when you do that if you're a legitimate left tackle and you're a starting left tackle in the NFL, and Tyler Lewan just got $16 million a year, and I cut my starting left tackle, and a team like Houston or Miami, they go to say, Greg, hey, Greg, don't sign that contract, that one-year deal back with Cleveland. I'll give you $100 million over five, over five, six years. Come with me. I'll guarantee $50 million of it. You, run, you could lose the guy, right? Yeah. I mean, that num- money talks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody did that because – that's a weakness of the Browns. That they're left. Ha- they told you what a weakness was by them deciding to use Greg Robinson as a pawn for roster manipulation. Well, here's what gets interesting. Speaking of manipulation, how do you make moves that are kind of under the wire? And that's how do you use the waiver wire to your advantage? So when you build a team, right? So you got. And I wrote this for the Athletic, and people can read about it in more detail. But mm-hmm. so when you you have to start backwards. So you have 63 guys. So you have 53 men on the roster, and you have 10 guys on your practice squad. So now you have to ask yourself the question, if I cut this guy, will he get will he get traded? Will he get claimed? If I cut this guy, will he get claimed? If I cut this guy, he won't get claimed. So players from 51 to 63 are basically your practice squad. Players 52 and 53 might only be on the roster, not because you think you can they can help you this year, but you're keeping them from other teams claiming them. You follow me? Yeah. And so it really comes down to... cat and mouse. It's cat and mouse, right? So I'm going to keep player 58, who's really the 50th best player on the team, but nobody knows who the hell he is. 
Nobody knows who he is. I got him on the team. He, nobody's going to claim that guy. He's been cut seven times. I got Keep him right there. I got him. So that's how you manipulate your roster. And then the only thing that matters is your 46-man active day roster. That's why I thought Seattle was smart. Seattle goes ahead and cuts Geno Smith, right? Mm-hmm. So what they said was, they said, look, we're going to, Geno, we'll bring you back. We know you have no market. Where are you going to go, right? We'll bring you back at your, but we're going to see what's out there. We're going to explore our options. And if you say, okay, bring Geno back, we'll bring you back. But you do that. The, meanwhile, the, the the Lions they they kept Josh Johnson on the on the team. Like I would, if I were the Lions, I would have gone down to one 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 quarterback, just like Seattle did. Right. And said, okay, here we are. That allows me to save a player, and then I can bring him back. Right. There's always an easy way to pick up a guy. It's not as hard. Right. As because remember now, a player has to be on the 53 man roster once it's official at Sunday at 12 o'clock. Then he then you can IR him, and that allows you to bring him back during the season after eight weeks. Right. So that's what the move was. That's why Demarius Thomas gets cut, right? Nobody's going to pick up Demarius Thomas. He gets cut. Harry's on the team. Harry goes to IR. Thomas comes back. It's just a swap and exchange. Now, the problem you run into is if you try to do that with a really good player, they're going to jump all over him. Right, because somebody other team will say, how is this guy available? Let's quickly grab him. Uh, call that agent on the phone right now. Hey, look, you got Greg Robinson? No, we'll, we'll give you tw- I'll give you $50 million for, you know, uh, well, he promised to go back to no. There's no promise that outweighs cash. Right up front, right now. Let's it, go. Money. It's green. Gr- money be green, and <laughs> green matters. Right. Money be green, and green matters. And that's why that move doesn't really say a lot to the average fan. But it was significant to me that John Dorsey, the general manager of the Browns, is willing to risk losing his left tackle to a mega deal. And who's he going to play over there? It's basically saying, well, who's going to want him? Nobody's going to want him. He's, we're borrowing time. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... As a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do Go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures market, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New 
customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This is the part everyone's been waiting for. How is Lombardi going to make me money? All right, people had uh, lavish summer vacations. People, have, they bought a new barbecue here. They're seriously, they need some money, and you're the only one to help them, right? Well, I mean, we're, we're doing, now, now we're going to Betting advice to, with Mike, new right. segment, Jim Shuffle. I, I, think, I think this. I think that Josh Applebaum, I had on my VEASAN show on Lombardi line over the weekend, he had some interesting thoughts, and I think it's something to consider. Opening day, we know the road teams are going to win seven or eight games. I mean, that's the last two years. That's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of road dogs here this week. But what I thought Applebaum was talking about, which I think the fans deserve to understand, is he's talking about divisional rivals opening day. That's 61%. So if you take the Packers and the points, Mm -hmm. if you take the Redskins and the points, if you take the Bills and the points, and if you take the Giants over the Cowboys Cowboys. and the points. So it's in your division. Mm -hmm. Okay, Bears-Packers, Bills-Jets, Giants, Cowboys, you take those games, the dog team wins 61% of the time in those games. Wow. The dog team wins, 60, which is way higher than the 54%. Right. So when you look at this thing, you've got to think, like, there's some serious, serious chances here because there's so many road, there's so many teams, like, like I, I think the Redskins can't, I don't think the Redskins can beat the Eagles. I really don't. But do I think the Eagles can, the Redskins have lost four straight to the Eagles, four straight. Do I think they can beat them by nine and a half? I don't think so. Right. Even though I don't love Case Keenum, you know, I, I think it's. I think these games between each two teams are always so competitively close. I mean, last year, what the Bears won twenty four twenty. Bears lost a, by a point up in Green Bay, and then the game in Chicago was a nip and tuck game too. I think right. it went to seven, but it's the same thing. These games are always tight. Now, mm-hmm. saying that, the Redskins have lost the last four games by a combined sixty two points. I believe it is. They've lost thirteen. 15. I mean, they've gotten killed the last four games. So it would lead you down this road. Mm-hmm. And I would caution people what looks obvious in betting is probably go the other way. Yeah, I'm with you that I just, I think the Eagles win, but you're going to say win by 10. This first game of the year maybe went a little slow out of the, you know, it just these And everybody's going to go back and look at the last four games the Redskins have played against the Eagles and their double digit wins for the Eagles. Double digits, okay? Mm-hmm. So that tells you. If I t- if I lay the points, right? Okay. Now, to me, if I were playing a suicide pool here, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's I, the one game you feel most confident? I would say I, I I look at this and say, well, you got to say Lombardi that Seattle's got to beat Cincinnati. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Seattle they've got to play. That's the one you're most confident. Of. I would say that one. I would be most confident of that one, and I'd be most confident of the Eagles. Those two. 
I mean, I don't know where else. I mean, everybody's saying the the the, pa- the Patriots over the Steelers. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Steelers are a really good play at that number. I think it'll be a three point game. I really do. Do I think the Patriots will win? Yeah, I think it's going to be a field goal game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than that. I think here's the other thing you've got to look at in betting advice mm-hmm. is always do this. Always look at the opening, like, like especially on week one. Mm-hmm. Now week two lines are just coming out this week, so you can look at week two lines now. Okay, so look at week two lines now, and then look what week two lines were this summer. There's a variance. And and because of the variance, you can figure out what – and nothing's really changed. Now, the Colts have changed. That's the only one. Mm-hmm. But there's a variance by how the betters think this team is, and that's telling you where the sharp money's going. Like, I, I, like I, this past weekend, I almost lost my mind. I mean, coaching malpractice by my man out in Missouri, Mario Cristobal. I mean, it was ridiculous. We could do a whole podcast. Yeah, Oregon. On, you were tweeting a lot about Oregon. Oh, I was <laughs> fucking going crazy. I was, I was like, I was screaming at the TV. I was, I had it Oregon muted. Auburn, huge I had game. It muted. <laughs> I had it muted. I didn't want to hear the analysis. I was going crazy. Okay, like they're 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 going up to the line. They're trying to milk the clock. They're snapping the ball with eleven seconds. Like, who's managing this? Like, who's watching the shop? Like, right. you know. But anyway, so. Like, I kept saying all summer, like, how is Oregon a dog to Auburn? And everybody out at VEASAN said to me, Mario Cristobal. And I'm like, that no, it can't be that, right? It can't right. be the coach, right? <laughs> Mario Cristobal, that's why he's the dog. Now I find out how it was. Because <laughs> he, you know, it's the old Dale Brown, you know, the old Bob Knight story about Dale Brown, the LSU coach. They right. asked Coach Knight one time, they said, Coach, how in the hell are you ever going to play LSU? They got all those really good players. And, and and Coach Knight said, yep, I look at that talent on the other team, and I see how great they are, and then I look at the coach, and I know everything's going to be okay. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Right? What a shot at Dale Brown. This guy's you know, completely inept. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's that's right. a little bit like what happened here. I mean, how about the how about the Northwestern ticket with with uh, Stanford? Right. I mean, you're up 10-7. You got the ticket. You're ready to go to the window to cash it, and the guy that gets fumble sack, and you lose the game. It's a six-and-a-half spread. It goes to seven. Right. Whoever, had, whoever had Stanford and Auburn, that they need to have. They need to come down. They need to go. So they need to keep celebrating. Yeah. That, that's a, they're lucky. Yeah. But anyway, my point is, is like you've got to be able to look at these different lines from mm-hmm. one week to the next and see where the variance is. And when you find there's a variance, because remember, betting is like you're Charlie Munger, you're Warren Buffett. You're not some degenerate guy. You're not mush. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're not coming nice. out. Bronx Dale. Right, you're not mush. You mm-hmm. got to analyze these numbers and see where they are. Like we know the Colts number went way up. Mm-hmm. You know, we know some of these numbers are reflective. Like the Rams are down to two and a half. That was a three. There's a lot of money coming in. There's a lot of money coming in. So Packers Carolina. Bears tomorrow night. Bears are favored minus three at home. Like yeah. that's a pick 'em, right? It's like a pick 'em. Look, let's go back over the game. Everybody thinks now Matt Nagy's been doing this. You know, every kick we got to kick the forty-three yard field goal, right? Yeah. So as a coach, what does that tell you? It tells the team that the reason we lost the game was because we missed the forty-three yard field goal. No, no, no. The reason you lost the game is because you turned the ball over twice. Right. Should have been three times. You got three points at the end of the half against the Eagles, which you had no business getting because. The, the Eagles didn't pick up the ball. The official did. Remember the play down the seam, right? Yeah. Okay, you didn't do that. You're 0 for 3 in the red zone. You were terrible in the red zone. So, like, at the reason you're losing, the, you lost the game wasn't because the it was because the kid missed the kick, but there was underlying currents. Trubisky had 10 passes batted down in the Eagle game. 10 passes. He threw two picks. You know, you're, you're lucky. You're, you're lucky. He threw one in the end zone. Right. So, anyway. I think this is a close game. I, I think this is one of those close games. I, I really do. I think yeah. that field goal. I think anytime you can get a line like the the Vikings over four, I think that's a really good play for Atlanta. It's a road 
you know, I yeah. think it'll be a close game. The Vikings field goal s- situation is, is a mess. That That's my betting advice for the week. All right, one more topic. Don't bet Mario Cristobal. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> one more topic. We'll do some quick hitters. And then when I open up the mailbag, the mailbag's fantastic. As always, you can hit us up, uh, the GM Shuffle. Uh, Hard Knocks recap. Let's take a listen to your prediction about Keelan Doss. This was previously in the GM Shuffle. This is like the you know TV shows. They always go, previously yeah. on the GM Shuffle. I can read between every single line. Like that receiver that they're talking about, he's getting cut. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he's getting cut. Like he got no chance to make it. It's a nice story for HBO. It ain't a nice story for Gruden, right? That guy's getting cut. So you just called it, man. You said Keelan Doss going to be gone. Hard knocks recap. It's so obvious. You know, people say, and I'm like, look, he's always going to take a veteran receiver over. People say, I got tweets. Well, Lombardi, they're much younger this year than they ever were. They've kept some young players. Hey, that's great. I'm glad to see that they are younger. I'm glad to see that they are younger. And I think that, look, I think they got through hard knocks without really. It, the hard knocks has got to reevaluate that. That, that no was drama. It's entertainment. entertainment. What, I got to give me something. Like, why are we picking players that we know are going to get cut? Right. How about Luke Wilson getting cut? Poor Canadian. bastard. Like, I, I, he was great. I mean, there was though. so much tape on poor Luke Wilson, and now it's all on the floor. Like, we wasted all that tape. It's like Uncle Junior said, how whole goddamn forest in the Northwest gave his life up for this trial. You know? Can't we take one piece of paper and pass it around? Oh, that's incredible. That's <laughs> There's an Uncle Junior line for everything. That was one of Junior's best lines. I was watching uh, Whitecaps again the other day. I mean, Carmela and Tony, that oh. episode. Like, you think of any argument you ever had with your wife, like, that's oh. times 10. I never, I don't, I don't want watch it for that reason I, I don't want to watch it for that when Carmela says I don't love you anymore and then uh, she starts telling Tony how she's fantasized about and then Furio. he punches the wall oh, oh my god, god. I, I don't want I, I, I like white caps when I see the pictures of the jersey short all that it makes me happy and then I turn into a complete disaster like I don't oh. want to see this anymore like this is horrible and all his clothes are coming out of this thing. <laughs> the Russian call though no. like oh. that phone call is unbelievable actually, like imagine Carmela's face as she's hearing those words yeah it's funny between my between all my son friends is is the line is oh jesus when tony says oh jesus like there'll be a text from all of us oh jesus that means it's bad like he doesn't know how much trouble he's oh, in jesus, yeah. it's, it's bad it's bad just, just from now it should be like tony oh jesus right oh, jesus. Uh, also antonio brown put this on instagram this, this was a message from mike mayock saying I- as you know, you did not participate in the Raiders' walkthrough, so your absence from practice was unexcused. You're hereby fined $13,950. You're previously fined $40,000 for missing the Raiders' preseason training camp. Now, A.B. posts that and then adds, when your own team want to hate, but there's no stopping me now, devil is a lie. Everyone got to pay this year, so we clear. This can't be smart when you're posting a message from your GM on your Instagram. I mean, it's unbelievable, right? I applaud the Raiders for finding them. I mean, you know, I applaud them for sending the letter. Give them credit. I mean, like, look, this is a this this is going to be a problem all year. There's going to be something else. Now, here's what I'm saying to y'all. He goes and plays Denver. He has one catch for 15 yards because you know they're going to double him, right? right? They got one catch for 15 yards and say they win. There's going to be one of these coming out, right? You know. I, it's just it. it just never ends, does it? It's the way these are, these wide receivers, man. They're just by nature, they're just divas, right? They really are. They I mean, although you know, I was with Jerry Rice, and I mean, like I never seen a guy. He's the work, exception. He worked his ass. Oh off. my God, Jerry Rice. I mean, Tim, Tim Brown. I mean, th- th- those guys worked hard. You know, like I was right. around some really good receivers, but this one takes the cake. He's amazing, like flamboyant diva to a T. All right, quick hitters before we go to the mailbag. Brissett, thirty million dollar deal, two years, no brainer, right? Obviously, yeah, with luck on. Go I, ahead. You know, I think they have to have a chance to wait. I think if they waited. For a deal, it could have gone against them. You know, I would have probably been a little bit patient, but Brissett does his own contract. How smart is this? He's saving that three or four percent. Yeah, I, I, on some serious coin here. Twenty right? million guaranteed. And and he and you know he's they love this kid. They I'm told reliably that Brissett. 
the team rallied. Brissett was probably read Andrew Luck's commentary mm-hmm. about Brissett and how much he paid, played him. You know, uh, paid respects to him. Mm-hmm. He really was the glue of the team last year. Because look, let's face it, Andrew's not exactly a guy's. God, he's going to go read a book in the library. He's a pipe smoker. Go read a book in the library. Very introverted. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm, I'm sure he'd be a hit at Princeton's campus, but I don't know in that locker room. You know, sure. not saying he's a bad guy. Sure, I'm he's just, not a rally around the troops. Not, guy. He, it, you he's know, not going for beers, playing poker. That yeah, kind like of stuff. I think, yeah. I think, I think Brissett kind of brought the team together in a good way, and I think Reich has a good approach for this. I don't think that anybody's gun shy about what he can do. I think they know what he can do. I think they know what Hoyer can do, and by knowing those things, once you know those things, you're you're three quarters of the way home. I feel like the Colts are a bubble team for the playoffs. I do too. Right? I, I, I would I would bet them still to go to the play. I think the only yeah. thing that changed with the luck decision was how they run their offense, not that their expectations. I really yeah. do. Yeah. And I think them signing this kid is a smart move because they're gonna they're gonna win with defense. They're gonna win with their offensive line. And I think when they get in the red zone or they get near the fourth quarter, I think they're gonna try to manage the game correctly. Do I think they'll be in the under more? Yeah, I think they will be, but I think they'll win closer games. Bill's cut. LaShawn McCoy signs with the Chiefs. One year three million dollar deal. Andy Reid offense. Yeah, I mean, look, the, uh, one thing about Andy Reid, he stacks backs on top of one another. I don't know if you have him in fantasy, if he's going to get 20 carries. He's going to get, you know, maybe 10. I think it's going to be a committee mentality there, and we'll see how he does. And I think that, you know, look, another weapon to go with. Look, let's face it, McCoy is a back that there's too many one- and two-yard gains. You can't live like that. you got to have a lot more. It's like Fournette. People talk to me about Jacksonville, why I'm down in Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a team that requires Nick Foles to play in shotgun. We talked about this run and shoot. He needs to be in in, in an RPO offense, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Fournette's a back that needs to carry the ball 21 to 27 times for his effectiveness, right? He's an eye deep tailback. He needs, he's a body puncher. He's Joe Frazier, body punch, body punch, body punch, you know? And then when you get in the 10th or 11th round, he throws the big hook and knocks you on the ground. Well, Fournette, is that exact guy. He's got to run, 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 two yards, two runs, two yards. All of a sudden, on the 21st to the 27th carry, he's dominating the game. Right. The problem is he's not going to get 21 to 27 carries in the Jacksonville offense because they're set up to be RPOs. So all those fake handoffs. Look, here's the other thing. Jacksonville claimed two running backs at the waiver wire. What does that tell you about their football team? Right. They're looking for a certain kind of running back. They're looking for a certain kind of running back, and I think you got to be careful about that. Which is crazy. Two years ago, it was Fournette and that defense, and now you don't right. even know what the recipe for success is. They're, they're going to be in RPOs. It's all going to be RPOs. I think that defense is really good, though. I, I really do. I think they'll give the Chiefs a hell of a game. I think their fact that they're an underdog at home over the three-point number, I think they're attractive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, minus four right now for the Chiefs. You're right. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. HBO Sports NFL Films partnering on a Belichick and Saban documentary. Think about that. Long-standing relationship between Belichick and Saban is going to be favored. Documentary premiering Tuesday, December 10th, exclusively on HBO. I mean, look at the brain power. I did that one. Guys. I did really? that. Yeah, they did. I told them, uh, you yeah, know, they, they came to Ocean City. And, and how, how, what of a small world this is, right? So I used to live in this one house in Ocean City for almost 30 years. And I sold it when I moved back full time. 
And I, they asked me to do this doc. They asked me to come in and talk about both guys. And so where I did it was literally right across the street from my old house. It was like a homecoming. It literally was right across the street. They, they rented this house that they had just built. Mm-hmm. Right, they just there was a brand new home. There used to be where I lived in Ocean City. There was a, a Christian Brothers because remember the Catholics liked to bootleg liquor in the day <laughs> so we could make a lot of money. God bless, <laughs> praise the Lord, pass the money. Yeah. Right. So it, they built this Christian Brothers home and then they tore it down and they of course. They needed money, the Catholics. So they, they sold up they sold all these lots and so they built these and so I'm in there doing this interview and I'm like, this is really surreal. I'm in this like I bought the house after we won our first playoff game in Cleveland because of these two guys. Yeah. And now I'm doing it across it was like weird, right? That's really cool. But it was great. I mean it was it was it's it's a tribute to and I, I think what fans will see is how dramatically different both guys are. Right. They are different from emotional to thinking, but yet they respect one another so much that they come to a common ground. It's interesting, because you would think, oh, both guys are kind of cut from the same cloth, right? Now, Intense, uh, publicly humorless, but I'm sure they have humor uh, Nick's, by the Nick's funny, Nick's, and right. so is Bill. Bill, cracker joke, but right. they're both Croatian, they're right. both, you know, they're both from, you know, and they, but they're, where they come to and where they get to are completely different, but how they build and their process, their discipline towards the process is very similar. It is pretty awesome. All right. Mailbag. T- time now for the mailbag. Send us your questions by emailing us at the GM Shuffle at gmail.com. This one's from Craig. Hi, guys. Loving the show. Look forward to it every week. Really enjoy the film and TV references, especially The Sopranos. So <laughs> we he just loves gave Zippers. you one today. Yeah, we gave you the little Uncle Junior and Whitecaps. I was wondering what your thoughts were on next year's expanded Hall of Fame numbers. As a Raider fan for over 40 years, I was upset to learn of the passing of Cliff Branch recently. Like many others, they feel he deserved to get in long ago, and it's criminal he wasn't able to experience and enjoy that achievement. Do you think he will get in next year along with former head coach Tom Flores, like Mike's did at Jimmy Johnson? Maybe people look and remember where folks ended their careers. I hope Tom's not-so-great run as Seattle's head coach doesn't hurt his chances. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you win two Super Bowls. Tom's won two Super Bowls, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think I get you in, right? I don't see how. Like, Jimmy Johnson, how is Jimmy Johnson not in the Hall of Fame? That is shocking. The more I, mean, I thought about that, we got a lot of tweets about that. I mean, how is he not in the Hall of Fame? It's like, what is the Hall of Fame? Like, that's the problem I have with the Hall of Fame is we're letting some guys get in and you wonder how they get in. It's all timing and all that. Like, look, I, I think Tom Flores, you win two titles, mm-hmm. you should get in. You went you because you can win one. You could do the David Crosby. You can have a good album. You yeah. could be Peter Frampton and then <laughs> knock it back, right? <laughs> Baby, I love your way. Yeah, I mean Frampton <laughs> comes alive. Everybody's got it, you know. Yeah. But then he can't come out with a second one. Right. That's the David Crosby effect. I, I think if you got two, you're pretty good. All the best here from Matt C, who says, "Hi, Mike. Big fan of your book, The Daily Coach, The Athletic. I was born in New England. I've been a diehard Pats fan my entire life. Thank you for your contributions to the organization during your time there. Curious to know if you think Jarrett Stidham is the real deal. I understand following any Hall of Fame quarterback is difficult, let alone Tom Brady, but he seems to be impressing a lot of people in Foxborough. You know, we got ridiculed on this. We could play the the, the Stidham uh, video, the the clip from when we talked about then Gus Malzone went berserk on us. Remember Gus Malzone, oh, yeah, Tommy yeah, Tuberville, yeah. which right. we're still looking for." <laughs> I'm, I've put a poster out to try to find Tommy. Did anybody APB see Tommy Tuberville? Yeah. Open like, invite. Whenever like, you want to come like, on. Like, like, did you watch Stidham? Like, I got to think Auburn fans had to say, why wasn't he that good for us? Right. Like, why was he that? I love how t- uh, TV, that, that, that I want to get off on a media circuit, but when they talk about Gus Malzahn's offense. Yeah. Uh, like, where is the passing game? Like, where you know, remember those highlight things you used to do in the kid at the doctor's office? Like, yeah. find find Auburn's passing game in here. Really, seriously, <laughs> like, where's Waldo? Like, and that's why Stidham didn't look like. That's where you have to be really careful. Is like the passing games. That's what bothered me about the Oregon game. Why is Justin Herbert 
Herbert running sprint rights passes when you use a drop back quarterback. Like, what are we doing here at Oregon? Right. Like, why we have the best quarterback in the college draft? Let him go back five steps, seven, and let him use the entire field to sling it. When you run sprints, you cut the field in half. You're telling me your quarterback stinks. Yeah. You're telling me your quarterback can't do anything. So that's why I think you have to be careful. Stidham, I think, has got a great future. I really do. I mean, he's got to work on some stuff like anything. I mean, the greatest thing that happened to Stidham is he played good enough to make the team, but he played shitty enough to Belichick to bitch at him. Yeah, because if he's got anything figured out, then yeah, no, he's just going to have a shoe up his ass. Right. Uh, last year, this one from Yusuf. Hi, Adnan Michael. Originally from Toronto, Canada. What up? Now live in LA, but moving to New Jersey mid-September for a job in New York City, but want to live in small town New Jersey. I wonder if you have any advice, places to live. I've been looking at Montclair, Bloomfield, this and Morristown. Yeah, I was going to say, I know all these places. Montclair is fantastic. It's got a really good vibe there, but it's Super expensive. Now, Bloomfield, that's where the final episode of The Sopranos, the diner, right. we have Holstein's. To go yeah, we got to go to Holstein's. That's in Bloomfield, so I've been there. And Morristown is not bad. I got a cousin who lives in Morristown. Uh, Morristown, I've been to Morristown. My son lived in Florham Park, right near where the Jets were. It's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. I would recommend just that for The Sopranos, I would go to Boonton because Boonton was the town, if you go back and watch. Uh, uh, the episode where Vito goes to New Hampshire. Yeah. That was filmed in Booton. Oh, that's really bucolic and very pretty. Oh, and beautiful. Yeah. It looked very New Hampshire-ish. Yeah. You know, live free and die. <laughs> that's crazy. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. That's where it was. It was be- beautiful. That's a, probably a tough commute, but it's pretty out there. It really is. These yeah. towns in Jersey, I think, are underestimated in the sense that they have they have a New England quality, and I think they're actually prettier than some of the New England oh, towns. Oh, yeah. When I tell people I live in Jersey, they go, oh, don't, don't breathe too deeply. Yeah. All the swamp. And I go, that's a bunch of BS, man. man. It's, it's so actually crap. really it's so crap. You've never actually been there. Like, don't swim in the ocean. There's needles in it. Stop, please. <laughs> Hohokus is a great place where the, currently the bird are making their residence. You can send us your questions emailing us at the gmshuffle at gmail.com. How great is it going to be next week? We're going to two a week. Two a week. So two episodes every time. Send us your questions, your tweets, as always, to us, and uh, we're going to be able to talk about actual football next week. It's going to be awesome. Awesome. Have a great weekend. weekend.